Amen. God bless you. Anybody want to bless me back? Amen. If I bless you, you got to bless me. Amen. I am maybe a little bit more old school. When people talk to me, that helps me a little bit. Can you guys say amen? There is something significant about coming into agreement with the Word. Amen? The Scripture is full of many passages about shouting, taking a stance. Amen? I'm probably a little bit more on the loud side than I'm on the quiet side. That's really good. Amen? Hallelujah. Ronnie, how old are you? Yeah. Lord spoke to me on the front that you were 33 years old. This month is extremely significant for you. There is a divine resurrection coming to every part of your life. 3-3. Resurrection. Since two Sundays ago, you came and asked me to pray for you. I saw a very significant picture, and I shared it with you, but it's grown more and more in my heart. I saw you standing on your bloodline, your generational bloodline, and I saw fire hitting you, hitting your bloodline, and going down and going up. And I heard God said, I'm going to redeem Ronnie's bloodline. I, I saw your father getting redeemed. And I saw the Lord coming and using you in such a prophetic, fiery manner to stand and to prophesy over your bloodline. Down, generations down, generations up. God's just not after your seed. He's after the generations before you. Even generations who misstepped with God, even disobeyed God or got out of alignment, God has hand-selected you to be a generational curse breaker. Say amen to that. And you will stand on your bloodline and command a mighty blessing. You've been in my heart for two weeks. I was hoping that I was right about your, your birth. I would just let it go. If you would have said 34, I just would have let it go. But I felt that it was 33. Because the Lord says your birth this year is significant, and this month for you is very significant. God's going to give you tremendous traction. Amen? Say amen. Say it again. It's a divine month. Amen. Pastor Mike came up to me two Sundays ago, and um, he said, I feel like you have a word for us. You need to release it. And I, I said, I literally said, I said, okay. <laughs> um, I was actually pondering something in my own heart that the Lord spoke to me several months ago. He said to me, he said, Dan, you're in the most intense strategic transition of your life. By the way, my wife sends her love tonight, Jenny. She is epic. And uh, I just want to let you know, she says hi, she greets you, she loves you. Amen. That's annoyed. Did you feel that? That's annoyed. <laughs> if I showed you a picture, you all come flooding to the altars, man. It's amazing. The Lord spoke to me that there was a significant, he said, it's going to be the largest transition of your life. This is probably five or six months ago, and he says, you need to get ready. 
there's some things that I need to do in your heart so that when the breakthroughs begin to come and the doors begin to open, he said, if there's some things in the soul that are not secured in me, you will have the potential to tell me no. And he said, I do not want you to tell me no in this hour. I need a yes from you because how I'm going to use you will be much greater than your capacity. It will be bigger than your gifting. It will be bigger than your anointing. It will be greater than your vision. It will be greater than even what you feel like you're able to do. He says, and it will overwhelm you if you don't get yourself positioned in my presence and let me do some work on the heart and restore your soul. New seasons. We talk about a lot that new seasons mean new devils. I want to tell you something. A lot of times we've put more faith in the enemy's ability to distract us or to come against us than we do for the power of God to send his angel armies to completely direct our steps and to order our steps. He is a God who fights for us. He is a God who says, you rest in me and I will fight your battles. He's a God that told the small-statured Hebrew children, men that were five foot six, five foot seven, at max eight feet. I'm sorry, not eight feet, I mean five eight. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. He said, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you into a land filled with giants. Study out Deuteronomy 3. His name was Gog of Bashan. Estimates put him at 18 feet tall. They said his bed was a steel bed. It was nine cubits, his cubits, which is the forearm of a man. Estimates put him no less than 13, up to 18 feet tall. They said he was so demonized, his people were so demonized, they called him the king of the underworld. His people were demon-possessed. The land was demonized. It was unredeemable because there was mixture between human blood and devils. And God wanted the land purged and cleaned out by a people with no mixture. So he sends out these small-statured men. He first has to purge them. He wants to lead them into the wilderness for seven days to encounter his power and his might. But in the time of transition, the people told him no because they had a slave mentality. So it was 40 years of what we would say discipline. It was actually 40 years of proving God to his people of how faithful he is. We heard it last week. Um, from the brother that was speaking last week talking about a, a God who supplied a cloud by day to keep them cool and a fire by night to keep them warm and then from a rock that floated with them evidently and dropped down it had the ability, this rock, to water millions of people every day would go up with them and then drop and they battled all this time is God with us? there's a rock coming from behind them there's what your, what your brother said, free food falling from heaven. And they wrestled with the goodness of God. Brian Fenimore. And finally a generation rose up that understood that God is good and God is faithful. And with that generation, God says, you will now possess your inheritance. The church has been wandering in wilderness seasons in hiding places where God has not just been, where we think it's just been the discipline of God. Do you know that the discipline of God, true parental correction, every time I've corrected one of my three little beautiful girls, 
if it's done correctly, their affection for me goes through the roof. When I've had to spank my children, many of them, they've grabbed me and wept, oh, Daddy, I love you, because they said, I feel safe. You see, true discipline from the Father causes you and I to respond, you are so good. You are so faithful. You've had me all this time, and you've never failed me. You see, God took a people, transitioned them 40 years of wandering, raised up a new generation that says we can take every mountain that God tells us we can. We we are not grasshoppers in their sight. We have the ability to cast down Gog, Og, the king of Bashan. And even Caleb said, I'm going to take my mountain. There was a zeal, and that's the, the place we're at right now in this time and this season where God has worked on us for years Getting us to a place, God, you are faithful, and your love and your mercy endures forever. He has driven out of us the orphan spirit. Thank you, Marcus, for that amen. You can be contemplative and still say amen. Say amen. You can, you can go, hey, that's really anointed, and still say amen. Amen? Because if I have a slightest bit of insecurity in me, it helps me. Amen? <laughs> Getting up here on that, on that Sunday, as soon as Pastor Mike walked away, the anointing was so strong in here, the Lord said this. He said, in the ninth month, in this September month, it's actually our ninth month with the Gregorian calendar. It's the first month on God's calendar as of the last three days. And I... I I think this church has quite a bit of traction understanding God's times and seasons, his Moedim. Moedim is Hebrew for God's times and seasons. But I, I just wanted to read a few things to you out of Leviticus 23, 1 through 2. And it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. God says, These are my feasts. People for years have wrestled, well, isn't this legalism? By no means. The church has been really off in that even the preaching of holiness has been declared legalism because we don't have any theological understanding of what legalism is. Holiness preaching is not legalism. It's not drawing men back to the law. It's drawing them under the true grace of what Jesus gave to this divine enablement, this ability to live holy. And by the way, Because grace was given to us, we didn't lose our free will. We still have it. And we make decisions every day. That's why I love Pastor Mike. I listened to the message on Father's Day when Pastor J.R. says this. He goes, my son, Pastor Mike, truly operates in the spirit of love. Because true love will tell you the truth. Aren't you thankful for a pastor? Who will stand and declare the true grace of God is for the purpose of of burying the old man. And if that thing resurrects, which at times it does, and we begin to walk in lawlessness or in sin, the word of the Lord comes, the word of God cuts. And I, a couple weeks ago when he was preaching, I was on row B. That's my row, row B. And my heart got cut when you said something. And I began to, I began to tear up and cry. And I said this, Lord, thank you that I could feel the cutting of my heart. It shows me that I'm still tender. 
I never, ever want to lose my tenderness to his presence or to his cut. I want to feel his burning heart for me. I want to have him call me higher. True grace is the divine enablement upon the heart and the mind to walk in the righteousness that was paid for on the cross. The sanctification, justification, sanctification, the two pillars of our salvation. You were justified instantly at the cross. The sanctification is the working of the Spirit of God in us to walk out the will and the heart of God for us. And the grace to repent, that word metneo, to change the way that we think and to turn from something, God says, it's my goodness that causes you to come into repentance. And then the, then the prophet said this, repent so that times of refreshing may come. So I love the times of refreshing from the Lord. Tonight, during this message, there's going to be a grace released. Thessalonians talks about this to the hearer. You see, everything rides on the Spirit. When somebody's up here and they've had places of personal breakthrough or revelation, it carries in the Spirit. We were laughing back here a little while ago. There's a time, like this church, and churches, there's such momentum in the Spirit happening all over our region. Things are happening all over the place. And I, I, we, we, we jokingly, we laughed. It's like when this momentum hits, you could come up onto a pulpit and say, Baba, black sheep. I always said, have you any fur? But that's not how it goes, is it? Wool or any hair or whatever. And God will move. When that water level comes to that point, he won't be preaching Baba Black Sheep by any means. But I'm just saying, there's momentum in the spirit happening. And it's happening right now in this house and all over the region. Say amen to that. And what happens in a house can happen in your house. John Kilpatrick, during the Browns revival, he cried out to God. He said, Lord, take the climate of this house and put it into the house of the people. We have an open heaven here. Lord, I want every house that comes under this roof to go home. Every marriage transformed. Every young person transformed. Angelic visitations and the glory of God coming without measure. Lord, take the atmosphere of this house and put into the atmosphere of their home. And that's happening right now. So I'm here to tell you that in this ninth month, which is actually the head of the year, Rosh Hashanah, this is a very pregnant time where God says, these are my convocations, they are my feasts. In the original Hebrew, the Bible does not just say that the sun, moon, or stars will be for signs, at least not in the simple sense that in the English word conveys. Instead, the original Hebrew says that the sun, the moon, and the stars are the mark of religious festivals or sacred times. They are tokens of signs of God, the covenants of his sovereign and benevolent care for his people. The Hebrew word behind this truth is moedim. Usually it is translated festivals, but moedim means a set or an appointed time, an appointed place, an appointed meeting. It indicates to signify an act or a sign. What I have found personally for my life during these seasons is called this is the beginning of the fall feasts. And then you have spring feasts. In my life, this month is extremely significant and in February and March, there seems to be unusual breakthrough and revelation that comes in the secret place. It's a time. It's an invitation. It's not coming back what God required of, of Israel. He required this of them. 
Jesus did all the feasts. For us, it's no longer a requirement. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for gold. It's an invitation for presence. It's an invitation for revelation. Unless you have so much revelation you don't need more, then don't worry about this month. Amen. I want revelation. Every businessman in this room. Do you realize? I had a dear friend of mine. He's one of the wealthiest men in Texas. He was a fantastic uh, inventor. And he lived very, very, very humbly. He invited me over to this house for dinner. He was in his 80s in Texas when I was a college student. And um, he just, he lived like he was poor. You'd never know. He's like that millionaire next door. He's worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars back in like 92, 93. And he said, Dan, he says, he goes, I was in prayer one day and I was in this season of before the Lord. I said, God, I need a revelation. And he said, I was shaving in the mirror. He goes, and all of a sudden, I saw the plans, the blueprints, because I began to draw it out in the, in the thing. And actually, John Elway here in Denver helped fund a lot of his project. It was the concept for the tankless water heater that went into hotels and then went into homes. He said, Dan, that one concept in a place of prayer, that revelation, made me $500 million. He goes, isn't that great? And he just lives in this little tiny ranch house, dresses super casual, and drove an old beater. He goes, I don't care about money. My money's for the kingdom. You see, some of you in this month, this is why God comes and he brings the prophetic word. Because there's something divine in the kingdom of God that requires partnership. Listen, if God was going to save all humanity by himself, he would have done it. He's looking for partners. Amen. Do you know that you can stay stuck for years because you don't partner with the Holy Spirit? And you know you can get delivered in 30 minutes through partnership? Do you know that you can't figure out how to get your business to grow? You can't get that concept, that one idea. Do you know that you're just one idea away from some of the most significant things happening, chains of events happening in your life? I heard a story today about a a man who was cleaning gutters. He didn't know which house he was at. And he was out just singing his heart out for Jesus. He didn't know that he was singing to the CEO of a major record label. I heard it on Positive Encouraging Radio today. (laughs) The man comes out. He goes, I have never heard a voice like yours. Guy goes, oh, thank you. And he's just digging out these leaves out of this gutter. He said, son, could you come off that ladder? I'd like to invite you into my home. And he walks in and he sees these platinum records and gold records. He says, I'm going to assign you to a deal. And he just cut his first album. He went probably from making 15 bucks an hour to who knows what. From one moment that God gave to him, and he was honoring the Lord with his voice. A divine moment. So God sends prophetic voices. He sends people who speak to us. It stirs us. And what it does in you, it activates your will to respond to God. 
Then you're saying, Lord, I agree with this. Amen. I agree with this. Lord, have your way. Cause my life to come into alignment. And then God will show you things. I want you to align here, and I want you to align here. You know, God is very big on alignment. He's very big on all of your joints being set into place. You could get the finest tuned athlete, but you dislocate his ankle, and he will not be able to operate until the ankle's put into place. This is the spirit of alignment. This is the Ezekiel prophetic anointing to go in and to make crooked places straight. Say amen to that. Isaiah 40 also references that. So this is the month of divine alignment and a grace. Now receive this for intimacy with the Lord. Nothing happens outside of intimacy. Nothing happens outside of intimacy. Children aren't born outside of intimacy and you don't come into your season of breakthrough without having intimacy because God will not be used but he'll partner with you and every time a prophet released a word when the people heard the word and agreed the prophetic word was released I remember David Wagner saying this he goes it grieves me that 80% of the words that I release to people will not come into place because they don't understand what it is to labor with the Holy Spirit in obedience. He said 20% of the words that I see, that I release, people partner and it brings them into breakthrough. You know simply what partnering is? Is the activation of your mouth against opposition and declaring God's doing a new thing. Do you know that God literally put in your mouth, we need to understand this, we're so aware of this, God's put in my mouth the power of death and life. So yeah, there's the power of death in your tongue, but how much bigger He's put the power of life in your tongue. I'm not worried about, yeah, yeah, there's death there, but what about the life? What can I partner with heaven over and prophesy over my life? I had a man, a friend of mine, that was so injury prone. I've never seen a person, in fact, he became a, it was like people would laugh at him because he would have severe injuries all the time. You remember Trent? Justin? That dude was always getting hurt, severe injuries. I said, Trent, what in the world is, I've never seen anybody with more injuries, more weird things happen to them than you. I said, when you were on the missions field to India, did you bring home some demonized trinket? Did you come into partnership? What'd you do? He goes, no, man, nothing. I don't know what it is. And I was releasing a message in one of these services, and I talked about the renewing of the mind and about a 40-day prayer journey. He grabbed a hold of that thing and did it faithfully for 40 days. I went out to see him in another state, and I walked into his home. I said, Trent, what happened to you? You're a man of God. He said, Dan, I didn't know the severity of this self-hatred in my heart. He said, every day of my life, I would look in the mirror. I'm going to quote him. hope this doesn't offend you. Trent, you're a piece of crap. He goes, every day that I could remember. Do you know what rejection on somebody causes? People to reject you. When you get delivered of rejection, you'll find that some of the greatest friends coming in alignment with you. And self-hatred, physical injury was manifesting. He said, Dan, I haven't had an injury. And I look in the mirror and I say, Trent, you're a son of God. You're anointed and you're going to change nations for the glory of God. He said, self-hatred has left me through 40 days of decrees and declarations.
Hallelujah. And they transitioned. They could, ne- they could never get traction as a family. There was never financial blessing. No provision of any kind. It was always, I used to hate going with him to Starbucks because I knew he would never have money. And then I would go to buy him and he'd order an $8 drink. I don't buy $8 drinks at Starbucks. I refuse. I'll go get a Chipotle burrito, but I will not waste it on a cup of coffee. And I got so grieved one time, I said, Lord, this man grieves me. Anybody that could spend 8 bucks, I mean, if you, you may be spending, I just bless you to do it, but I can't do it. And I said, Lord, what do I do? Because he never has money, and he always wants to go to coffee. And the Lord says, when you get into Starbucks, here's the revelation. He goes, you give him $2, and you take $2, say, get whatever you want, and handed him the $2, and go get your thing. He goes, oh. So he started getting just regular cups of coffee for 2 bucks. Set me free, got my joy back. Amen? <laughs> we are in the times and seasons of the Lord right now in this ninth month. Last couple of days have been Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. We're about to go into Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Listen, this is a significant moment where heaven comes down. There's significant breakthrough. And it gets very intense when you come into faith with that and begin to align yourself with the Spirit of God. Amen? I want to share a story with you out of here in just a minute. I'm going to be out of Isaiah 40 for a a moment. And then we're going to go into um, 2 Kings if we get time. We may not. I'm, I feel an anointing on this. I've been carrying something for pastors. I've been asking the Lord that pastors could ride out one more time, one more battle, one more fight. That pastors could get into alignment. There's been pastors that have conceded. They've given up so much land. And it's, it's literally been like a generational iniquity in several regions where you, it's like you're, you're doing good seven, eight years and all of a sudden there's this faltering. Um, it's been literally heavily in this region where this is now at least the third pastoral gathering where the other two, they could hardly make it past a couple of years. One that was in the 90s, one happened in the, in the like, like around 2008, 2009 era, and it faltered because of bad decisions. It was seeming like we couldn't get traction with pastoral unity in the front range until now. It's like, it's like the curse of giving up land is being broken over our region. It's that Jezebel spirit that's always in the face of the prophet saying you don't have a voice, you don't have authority, you don't have influence. And it's what hit Elijah when he was lamenting life and he asked God to take his life from him. That spirit is being broken in this region and we're finally getting traction where this 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 thing where there's a contending nature and this pride in pastors, there's a humility, and listen, the divine reset of this COVID season of stretching people. If this reset season, if you didn't find a place of prayer, there was significant struggle. This was the season to pull away with heaven and pray and pray and pray. When heaven seems quiet, we pray and we pray and we pray. When it doesn't seem like he's speaking, we stay faithful and we pray and we pray and we pray. Amen. And this church maintained in that. Many other pastors in this front range have maintained in that. And that's why everything is about to shift. And the very glory on this house, the atmosphere here, is coming into your home. 
Corey Russell talked about a season of massive transition for him. He woke up one night and his house was filled with angels. He came to the balcony. He felt this disruption in his home in a powerful way. And then God said to him, with all these angels in his house, he said, I'm sending revival to the Messianic community. He said it came out of nowhere. Heaven showed up. The Bible is full of that. We're servants of the Lord, standing in faithfulness, and heaven comes. There's something powerful about being faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Our number one faithfulness is to his presence. You let him order your day. Amen. You let him order your day. Praise the Lord. You guys ready? Here we go. Isaiah 40. I'm going to be there in just a minute. In 2018, in February, I want to share a personal struggle with you that happened. Some significant doors began to open up. I had been in a place of hiddenness for 10 years, and I was okay with the hiddenness. I'm okay with that. God does hide us away. And he told me, he goes, I'm going to hide you away, and I want you to be okay with that. And I want you to find gold in the hiddenness. I want you to seek my face. And it was wild. In this hidden place, he would send me into churches to go preach. I went into one place. There was about 250 teenagers. This regional meeting. And the glory of God leveled every young person in the room to the ground, every leader but the senior pastor. The senior pastor hated my guts. I heard him the next day at a staff thing. He goes, I don't like our special speaker. I don't trust him. And all these youth were saying, what are you talking about? We got rocked last night, the leaders and so forth. These things would happen. And then the, the last night, this senior pastor turned into a pogo stick. Doing, 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 doing. His, his worship leader slams on top of the keyboard. Whoa! It was one of the most wild displays of the power of God. Do you think I got invited back? Nope, because it was my season of hiddenness. I thought for sure my calendar was going to get full. I thought for sure doors would open. We would have meetings in our church and the glory of God and people would show up and have crazy he uh, healings. And one lady slammed. I thought she was going to go into our parking lot. She hit the window so hard, tore down the blinds. I thought she was going to go into the parking lot. She goes, oh my gosh, I've never felt the glory like that again. And she never showed up. Again, we stayed small and hidden. And I'm telling you right now, that the hiddenness is coming off of you. Say amen to that. And so in February of 2018, God had brought me out of hiddenness with a major regional prayer gathering. And he kept challenging me months before. Dan, I need you to pull away with me again. You have an issue of your heart. You have a wound in your heart from a spiritual father. And I need you to contend with this and pray through it. You, you know, so, I, and I, I didn't do it. I dismissed it because I was getting so much momentum. And so many things were happening, and I was getting a lot of invitations, and God was moving, so I just, I dismissed it. Coming into February, here in this region, where some of the most powerful warfare has ever come against me in this region, to where I, I wanted to stop being in this region, and I was tired of talking here, and I kept going out into other states because I didn't get all the pushback. So I was like, I must not have a voice in this region. I have no authority here. I get rocked. My sleep is destroyed at night, and I'm, I'm tired of that. Who, who, who likes to sleep? Well, I wasn't. I was pacing my floor at night, trying to get authority over my heart and over this chaos. 
So February comes in. God spoke to me months early. I need you to get your heart prepared. And I didn't. And at this, this event where there was a lot of pastors there and a lot of people, God says, here's your marching orders. Here's what I want you to do this night. I came into it, and all of a sudden, I can't even tell you, Mike, this lie came over me, and I do not know how I could have possibly shaken it. Who's ever come under an intense lie? It came on me so hard, I could not get rid of it. I could not rebuke it. All of my peace and rest left me instantly. I had a hard time seeing in the spirit. And when you operate into certain flows and so forth, when that thing leaves you, I'm not a good communicator. I don't, I'm not a good public speaker. If there's no anointing, it's a dive bomb. And if he's not with me, like I can feel him with me right now. When that lifts, it's like a goose in a snowstorm. There's nothing to give. I can't hear anything. There's nothing to release. It's a waste of everybody's time. There's guys out there that have a lot of great stuff to say. And I'm not one of them if he's not on me. And all of a sudden, I couldn't see. And I felt this, this thing come on me. The pastor thinks you're a sheep stealer. He doesn't trust you. He thinks you're going to destroy his church. And so I went up to the pastor. I said, pastor, I said, and I was, I was so broken. This is an hour before the event. And I tell him this, and he starts crying. He says, Dan, I've never trusted anybody more than you. I, I don't see you this way. He goes, where's it? I said, I said there's, there's a wound in me. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I said, get it off me, kind of a thing. And it didn't leave me. So he said, Dan, just strengthen yourself. Came into the meeting. We had four worship teams that were going to prophetically flow that night. And we had all these, these pastors that were going to strategically just go after the region. And I walked in, and God says, you're going to send this guy named Isaac. You send him in front of everybody else. And logistically, I know a little bit about music, but the logistical issue of it was a nightmare for any worship leader. That's how God told me to do it. And so all of them go, oh, that's going to be hard. And that lie came. You're not regional. You're after your own thing. You're selfish. I said, okay, guys, you're right. Hey, you, you do the worship. I'll cover prayer. And all the anointing that was left came off of me. And I walked and I sat down and that entire prayer meeting that went for two hours happened not because of me. At the very end, I was, I literally, people said, where are we going? I said, I don't know where we're going. You just do the meeting. And I was over against the wall going, Lord, what have I done? What have I done? And then this witch comes up to me and tries to curse me in this moment. It was this, it was like a warlock. This guy was a mess. He starts, and he was all this crazy evil stuff hanging off of him. And so I said, I said, I'm done with this. You need to, you, you need to get out of here, you know. So he leaves. We go up to pray for the, one of the main guys. And I put my hand on this guy's chest and this pastor. And I hear in my right ear, I'm taking your voice from you. That's what it says to me. I'm taking your voice. For one year, there was a fight over my voice. I had invitations to go preach and it was all I could do uh, uh, to stand in front of people and release the word. And it would happen a little bit, and then the pressure would come again. You have no authority. For one year. And listen, here's the significant moment. One year later, and then I had kidney failure just about three weeks after this event. It was a perfect storm. I went from being super healthy 
I, I literally, I lost 35 pounds of muscle. I'm still trying to get it back. In February, right after this event, I, got, I went to Arkansas to go preach. It was a warfare. It was difficult. And then all of a sudden, I started swelling up. My body started swelling, and I had intense fatigue. Pastor said, something wrong with you? I said, ah, oh, I don't know. I can't sleep. Everything's messed up. And, um, and I, I had to preach three services that morning. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, Pastor. He laid hands on me and prayed. Strength came. As soon as I got done, I went on the stage and fell asleep. I came home. I said, I'm just going to go on a seven-day fast. I, I must have eaten something weird. In, it's Arkansas. There's weird stuff down there. So I go on a seven-day fast, which made me worse. And I woke up on the very day that I got this revelation a year later. I'll read it to you in a minute. I woke up, and I thought I was going to blow. My head was going to blow. Jenny rushed me to the emergency room. My blood pressure was 250 over 150. I was in Sky Ridge for 13 days. They said, your kidneys are 100% shut down. So I'm sitting there. They said, we're going to, give, we're going to put a port in you. You're going on dialysis until we can get a transplant for you. I had people that God had given me favor with, and they said, we're going to donate kidney, donate kidneys, we're going to donate kidneys. None of them worked, no blood types. You know, and nothing would, you know, there's so much that has to happen with that. And I told the Lord at the beginning, Lord, when this thing is done and said, I want to be delivered of the fear of man. I want to be set free. I don't want any more in my life. Because it was a snare for me. Two scriptures that God gave to me. Proverbs 29, 25, for the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Galatians 1:10, for do I now persuade men or do I persuade God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with this gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. First Thessalonians chapter 2. I will tell you for two and a half years, God took me on the most special journey of my life, of digging deep into my heart in a place of absolute weakness. I lost the use of my legs in 2019. Um, at the end of 2019 and coming into 2020, I was completely in a wheelchair. My legs stopped working, and they put me in rehab. And every night for nine days at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up out of sleep. And the presence of God would sit on me. He was like, get up. I want to spend time with you. And I rolled over into my bed, and I got into the wheelchair I was looking out over the mountains. I hit a button, and those awesome nurses were bringing a cup of French rust at 3 in the morning. They're like, what are you doing in here? I said, I'm going to pray. And they bring in this French rust. I know, JR, you're a huge coffee drinker. You understand this. And there was one morning I want to share this with you. I feel led to share this with you. And he started speaking to me about the church and his intentions for his bride and his intentions for me, what he was doing in the front range and pastors that he was going to awaken. I started seeing all of this in the midst of this massive weakness. I was down to 160 pounds. I'm 200 right now. I was at 160 pounds. And um, I couldn't eat enough to put weight on. They said when you start dialysis, you stop producing testosterone. And I, couldn't, I didn't even have sleep hormones in my body to be able to sleep significantly. I was waking up every half an hour. And that morning I got up, and the Holy Spirit, he came to me, and he said this. I am so jealous for you. 
I cannot, I can't, I, there's no way I could explain to you the depth that I felt with this heart with that phrase. He goes, and I'm so jealous for my people. And I started weeping and weeping. And he says, and I'm going to remove everything that hinders love. Everything. He goes, I'm going to remove it out of your life, Dan. He goes, I'm going to set you free of your distractions. I used to have such a grace on me for massive extended amounts of prayer. Six, seven, eight hours a day in prayer. And then pressure came on me with distraction. And I was crying out, Lord, I want to be set free. God, there's been a grace on me to pray, to pray, to pray, and to pray. I said, Lord, what is this wrestle? He said, my people are wrestling with distraction. Push through. Push through. Say yes to me. Say yes to me. I'm telling you something. The jealousy of his heart is coming to your life. And God will capture every part. And you will be his. There is a promise out of Matthew 24. There will be part of his bride that will have oil. It's a promise. And then there's another promise. Even up to the midnight hour, those that don't can still go get it. Which tells me the bride will be full of intimacy and oil. Just put your hands out right now. If you have been under the weight of distraction, understand this. It is not natural. How the Lord brought it to me, it is a supernatural pressure to keep you and I out of the awesome presence of God, out of the place of intimacy. When I go on a date with my wife, she says to me, I know that I don't pull out that phone because it's me and her. She says, Dan, I want to connect. I want to see you eye to eye. And we talk deep. No phones. No distractions. You're everything to me. And God says, I'm going to do that with my people. Just hold out your hands. And I'm declaring right now a grace to bring deliverance over every distraction and over everything that would hinder love. There is a sense that the more you spend time in his presence, the more that God will get done for you. Just receive that grace. Receive a grace if you feel like the heavens have been quiet and locked up. There are times that we have distractions because there's pain in our heart and those distractions keep us from dealing with the pain. Holy Spirit says, I'll remove the pain, but I'm jealous for you. And he said that he was saying, I don't want any other lovers. He is so jealous. He will have no other lovers. I like the fact that my wife's jealous for me. I like the fact that my eyes belong only to her. And hers belong only to me.
I don't want it anywhere else. So, Lord, we just receive your jealous heart, God. One year later, I'm sitting, because I, I was very cold. I, I had a hard time getting warm. And I went in to take a bath. And I had my Bible, and this, my, this is my, I love this Bible. A lot, of, a lot of amazing times with it. It's like a best friend. And I was in the, in the water, and I had the water super hot, and I was sweating. And I was out reading out of Psalms somewhere. And I wanted to reach over and grab a washcloth to dab off my head. And I was very mindful of my Bible because I didn't want it to go in the water. So I'm being very mindful of this dabbing. And all of a sudden, some, my Bible flips. And I went like this. And the presence of God set on me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have an encounter. And I looked down to this passage. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says God. I want you to speak comfort to her, cry out to her. And here's where I underlined that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. God spoke to me. He said, The warfare that's been against your voice is broken. Broken. Who has felt pressure against your voice? Come on. It's broken. I'm reading this to you right now because the Lord spoke to me today to read this to you. So by faith, grab it. The warfare against my voice is broken. Check this out. Here's the assignment. Here's what he says to me. So I wrote on there, 3, 9, 19. The very day God spoke to the man. And how to manifest that. Pardon me. Let me get the Kleenex here. When I get a little choked up, my nose runs. It's a sign of the anointing. Amen? I'll take it. I'm kidding. It's not. Um, could be. There was a church that God spoke to me two months early to call this pastor way up in Westminster. I'd been in his meetings before. He laid hands on me. He's a very powerful ministry. Very powerful. Um, he's an apostle up there. In fact, I'm going to invite him to the 400. He doesn't even know about it. He's doing a very powerful work up north. In fact, he's transforming that whole area. An area that used to feel like it got thrown up on or vomited on when you drive up there. The whole atmosphere has changed. And I told him that. And uh, he's a very serious brother. Very serious guy, strong authority, he's a big guy, and not one of these guys that you just go and give him a nice little prophetic word, because you better be right. I'm serious. He's one of these guys that will tell you, that was the flesh, just like that. He'll tell you straight up. Pastor Mike go, you know, he's just nice. You probably would say that was the flesh. So maybe I'll find Marcus. Mark would say, oh, good word, brother. <laughs> good word, brother. And Because uh, who wants to hurt somebody's feelings, you know? But this, this pastor will hurt your feelings if it's not a word from God. So don't tell him it's a word from God. So the Lord speaks to me and gives me a word for his church two months prior. But I was like, I'm not going to his church. And I'm not. there were several times he came to me. And on this night, I'm in the tub. And I see this. God says, the warfare on your voice is broken. Now you call that pastor. This is Saturday night. I came flying out of that bathtub, running into the room. Jenny goes, what in the world are you doing? I said, i got to call that pastor up north. Because she went up there with me. She goes, what do you have? I said, I have a word for him that I've had for several months, but I've not wanted to give it because he scares me. And I said, if this brother answers his phone on a Saturday night, because he's a preacher, 
And preachers don't answer their phone on Saturday nights. I called him up. He says, um, hello, this is so-and-so. And I said, I said, Pastor, his name is Randy. I said, Pastor Randy, this is Dan Yakely. I know you don't know me, but I was, he goes, I know who you are. He goes, I prayed for you. I said, absolutely. He goes, um, he goes, Brother Dan, he goes, what's going on? I said, I have a word for you, prophetic word. He gets quiet. He goes, what is it? And I tell him, and he goes, whoa, when can you be here? I said, you want me to come preach? He goes, I want you to come preach. I said, I can't do it this Sunday, but I can do it next. Showed up at his church, and the power of God broke loose on that place powerfully. To say this, that the warfare of my voice was broken. And I'm here to tell you, it's broken. God's here to tell you tonight, I'm giving you traction. I'm changing things, even places that you've been stuck in business, places you've been stuck in the spirit, you've been stuck with a child. Listen, whatever it needs to cover in your life where you need alignment or something to get unstuck, this is the month for it to get unstuck. Amen? And here's the word of the Lord, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. The Lord says, prepare the way of the Lord. God says, listen, this is going to be a, this is a 21-day word I'm going to give you. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God, for every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill will be brought low, for the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth, and then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. I brought tonight, it's a 21-day prayer journey. Chuck Pierce put it together. If you want to read this, make sure it's legit. Please feel free. Um, I've, I've gone through it. And it changed my life as of late. Very powerful. And Ronnie, these are for you tonight. I want to give these to you. I had these laminated. You can get them later on. It's 100 scriptural decrees and declarations. I'm convinced this is your month. You can get these from me. And you can make copies of these. The Lord is saying that every place that's been disjointed, out of alignment, I'm going to bring it into alignment. Say amen to that. I'm going to bring it into order, into alignment. And I've just got to, I've got to read this passage. I just love this passage. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him. How many know that there is a reward? Matthew 6 talks about a reward for being in the secret place. I will reward you openly for what you do privately. In that passage, there's three places of reward. When you give secretly, I'll reward you openly. When you pray privately, I'll reward you openly. There's rewards to be in his presence. He's such a giving God. You cannot outgive him. You order your day around his presence. God's like, that moves me and that I'm going to reward you. He's so faithful to give. He knows you need him. He just wants to sweeten the deal with the reward. Because he's kind like that. Do you know what moves me when my kids have a tender spirit and a great attitude? I find myself crazy generous. Do you know what shuts off generosity in my heart is a bad attitude. It's ungratefulness. And I hate ungratefulness. When my kids get ungrateful, I'm like, ho, ho, get in the car. We're going to a homeless camp. Your legs work. Your arms work. You have no cocaine addictions in your life. You're not an alcoholic. You don't live in tents. You ought to be thanking God that you live in my home. And I told my girls, you know what attracts the presence of God and the favor of God and the reward of God is a sweet, tender spirit that says, thank you, Lord. 
I give you thanks, God. He loves a good attitude. Amen. God says, my reward is with me, and I will feed, and I will shepherd you, and I will gather you. This is so great. We've got to just brag on God for a minute. I'm going to put on some pom-poms and brag. Verse 12, for who has measured the waters of the hollows of his hand? In the hollows of his hand. Who's measured heaven with a span? And who's calculated the dust of the earth in a measure? Who's weighed the mountains on scales and the hills in balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord? Or who has, who has got counsel or, or, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel and who instructed him? Who taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him in knowledge? And who showed him the way of understanding? Who then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? Then the next three verses, or the next two verses, talk about the people that form these idols. You go and you chop down a tree and you form it into a little person. And then you bow down and you worship that thing. God's saying, that's absurd. That's absurd. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood that from the foundations of the earth, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. It is his inhabitants, they are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Verse 25, to him them will you liken him. Or who shall you shall be his equal, says the Holy One. This is your God, guys. Who will be God's equal? Do you know that God truly doesn't even have an enemy? Who on the side of darkness can compare to him? How does a created being on the side of darkness stand up against an uncreated being? But God in his goodness said, I'll make your enemy my enemy. Amen. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. Verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, or speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? And here's where we're going to land. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord of creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints, and he doesn't get weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That understanding is for you. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth, they will faint and they will be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. This is good. But those who wait on the Lord, he said, I'm going to renew your strength. I'm going to cause you to mount up with wings like eagles, and I'll make you run, and you won't be weary, and you're going to walk, and you're not going to faint. Tonight is an invitation to intimacy. The next 21 days, the next 21 days, Chuck Pierce put out this word. He said there's going to be a 21 day, it's going to be a war to release the blood of Jesus into your life. Five months ago, the Lord spoke to me that I am bringing you into the greatest transition of your life, but I need to heal up. There's some final things I want to do with your lungs because the enemy tried to fill my lungs with water. I had a prophetic word. They said, there's like a spiritual father that rejected you. That was, the, that was the root in me. That rejected you. And like your lungs were full of water. And, and that has been emptying. Do you know, I had this, I started coughing for a season. I felt like there was water leaving my lungs. And then Pastor Mike came up to me. 
grabbed me going out one day to the 400. I told him, I, I hate sitting up here. I hate getting up here in a microphone at these things because I get rocked. And I like to enjoy my life. And I want to be a peaceful husband and not a wreck. And every time I would do, so I was leaving that day because I had not come into this place yet. God kept telling me, I need you to get rid of the approval issues of your heart. He said, it is making you susceptible to that Jezebel spirit because you need people to approve of you. That's what he said. I'm just being vulnerable with you. He says, and I want to take care of it. I want to remove from you the fear of man and your need for approval. I'm walking out. I'm heading out. And I had just started this process. For two months, I, told, I, I, I kind of turned away from it. And God allowed anxiety. He didn't give it to me. Do you know the, just the lifting of peace in our life? Do you know the earth is packed with anxiety? Do you, do you appreciate peace? Have it lifted off of you for a season. And see what you'll feel. The fact that the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, is in your home and you welcome him... When that peace lifts, and I, I laughed because there was about two or three weeks because I, I wasn't going to do this, and the Lord lifted his peace off of me. You know what came in? Anxiety. Do you know what I did? I was pacing my floor at night so that I could see who's ever been under anxiety. You lose your hope and you lose your future under anxiety. And about three weeks into this, I said, Lord, what in the world is going on? He said, I told you to do something. You're not doing it. You say yes to me, I'll give you back my peace. So I said yes. He says, again, Dan. He says, I'm going to use you. And if you don't get your heart before me fixed, you will shipwreck my assignment for you. And I don't want you to do that. God's not into replacing us. He's into healing us. Come on, Jonah. God didn't want to raise up another prophet. We had this idea that God will just replace us so quickly and just move on. No, he didn't move on with Jonah, and he's not moving on with you. But he will have Jonah release the prophetic word in Nineveh no matter what. So I will capture this prophet's voice, and I will capture his attention, and I will get his will submitted to me. So I started doing this for 21 days. I can only tell you about halfway through the first 14 days, it feels like you're kind of going through the motions a little bit. And you start coming into the third week, and you start getting some major traction. Because all it is the word and its declarations. And it has renewed me to where I can preach here tonight and go home and sleep like a baby because my heart has been fixed. I didn't get into what I wanted to get into tonight about Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, about getting back land. We'll intercede over that in another time for pastors because there's pastors that have conceded land. They've given up land because of generational iniquity. And God said, I'm going to cause these men to regain that land. Amen. Tonight, I just feel an anointing. It's for us. 21 days is going to put you to the end of the month. In this September, this highly prophetic month. It's the month of breakthrough. It is the month of God releasing revelation to you. Oh, I've got to read this to you. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. Turn with me to Daniel 8. Daniel 8. Ezekiel, Daniel. And I'm closing with this. It's 8.30. What time, what time does everything have to end? Oh, good. Would you mind doing your anointed thing on that keyboard? I didn't know if he was going to be in here tonight or in the youth. My girls love you, by the way. Oh. Who, who wants this tonight with showing of hands? We'll make copies. All right. 
Who's, who's going to count hands? I want to stay focused on what i got to do. If we just count hands. Um, 15, 20, whatever. Um, and if you want, uh, does your machine have the ability to, to copy even with lamination? You guys probably got the best. And then make sure Ronnie gets that laminated one. I would take this 21 days, do that, and then go through on 21 days. I think if you take five declarations a day, you'll be able to cycle through. There's 100 of them there, right? That equals out. I think the last day ends up with four. And you're just decreeing over yourself. Do you know the power of your mouth speaking God's word over you? Do you know it has the power? You ever, you ever listen to Dr. Caroline Leaf? There is the ability through the word of God to retrain the brain. Do you know that rejection carries thought patterns, fear? There's ingraining things in the mind. Do you know that you can, the mind is plastic? Do you know that? It's plastic. It cannot be regenerated physically. The lungs can't be regenerated. The brain can't be regenerated. The liver can, the kidneys can, and the heart can't be regenerated. But you know that the word of God has the power to restore the mind, how you think? Wouldn't you love to have your mind set at peace? Wouldn't you love to be in a crowd of people and be comfortable with who you are? Wouldn't you love to know that there's enough Jesus in you for this hour to walk in faith? Wouldn't you love to know that? A person of great faith. Daniel 8, verses 15 through 19. I'll read it to you if you like. This is what's coming to us in this time of revelation. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning. And suddenly, do you know how some of you are so close to a suddenly? I've seen this. One suddenly can change your whole life. It can 100% change the trajectory of your life with one suddenly, one moment. And it says, and suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Ulai who called out and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and I fell on my face. But then he said to me, understand son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now, as he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep and my face was to the ground. And he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For at the appointed time, it shall come. Twice, God said, Make him understand. Make him understand. I said, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? He says, as my people position themselves on the river. He was on the banks of the Ulai. The Ulai is a river. As they position themselves in the river of my presence, I'm going to come and press into them what they do not know. I'm going to give them revelation I'm going to give them insight. I'm going to show them new direction. 
I'm going to open doors, and I'm going to give them revelation. Do you know the significance of this revelation for Daniel was? Because then in Daniel 9, he was in prayer. Revelation unfolded to him, and he realized this is the 70th year out of Isaiah. Am I right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Isaiah. The 70th year of captivity, God says, in the 70th year they shall go free. Here's the prophet Daniel with the revelation that was pressed into him saying, Lord, this is the 70th year. And this one man with revelation began to seek heaven. And all of Israel came into the breakthrough to leave the land of captivity. Say amen to that. This is the time of intimacy where you and I, in this ninth month, position ourselves in the river of his presence. This is where you order your day around his presence. Bill Johnson said, he goes, finally, the church isn't camping around a sermon. The church is camping around the presence. It's everything. The presence of God is everything in your home. Do you know that I, I don't let anything in my home that would by any means slightly grieve him. There's no music in my house that would hurt his heart. There's not things that we watch that would hurt him. I won't allow it. Because he's holy. And when I hear a man of God reference him as a dove, and I see the word of God reference him as a dove, I love when doves come into my yard. One thing I know about doves is they love peace. And pigeons love chaos. The Holy Spirit loves peace. He loves atmosphere. I had a lady run into my house one time. Her dog got loose. She ran into my home. She goes, gosh, what is that smell? I said, we're not cooking. She goes, no, it's floral. It's so fragrant. I said, oh, that's the presence of God. He's in our home because his presence is sweet. He's called the Rose of Sharon for a reason. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? Let's position ourselves tonight. Let's ask the Lord for grace. Lord, that's what's so good about him. He also he rewards you for seeking him, but he also gives you a grace to do it. Amen, Tracy? You're a man of great grace. There's a grace on you. There's a grace on your daughters. You said you wake up sometimes three in the morning and your daughter's worshiping on the piano. That's the grace of God. That's the goodness of God. The Lord says, I want to release my oil over the things that have been hard to move, where you've been stuck. Do you know God cares just as much about a ministry as it does your business? Because it's your ministry. We're seeking heaven. Lord, bring alignment. Bring the breakthrough. Bring the revelation. Just hold out your hands. If you want to come to the front, feel free. You feel like you need to lay before the Lord, sit before the Lord. You can even sit down if you like. You don't have to stand. But just hold out your hands if you like and just receive the grace of God for presence. Receive the grace of God. Lord, align my heart. Order my day in your presence, in your glory. That in this ninth month, and I would encourage you to get that 21 day. I felt so strong to, to give that out tonight. I asked your pastor's permission earlier on the phone. God could give you the breakthrough in a quick moment, but there's something about working with Him, cherishing Him, planting with Him. As God establishes some deep things into your heart. Amen.
Lord, I declare, let the grace of God be upon your people tonight. Let the grace of God be upon your people. Let the grace of God be upon every marriage. Let the grace of God be upon every heart. We bless our children. We bless our homes. I declare even over homes that have been a whirlwind of chaos, we speak life. Every place that is crooked, we declare the crooked places to be made straight. Every low place that would pose itself to be a stumbling, we declare that to come up and every high lofty thing to come down. All to prepare the way of the Lord and then the glory of the Lord is going to fill the temple. Lord, that grace tonight that's in this high place, we declare the grace of God upon the body of Christ. Let us hear the sound in this hour to get oil. Let us respond to the sound. I declare a great deliverance over those that have been bitter, those that have wrestled unforgiveness, that can't seem to let it go. God, those that have been under torment because of the unforgiveness, declare freedom in the name of Jesus just declare freedom I declare every place where if your heart's gotten hard it'll be soft and tender again I bless you with tears godly emotions I bless you with joy laughter joy I bless you with a light yoke. Many of you have been carrying a heavy yoke and you thought maybe it was God's assignment. It can't be. He said, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you're under a heavy yoke, it's not from the Lord. It's from an adversary and he would try to call that thing righteous. It's a heavy yoke. It has to come off tonight. And God wants to give you grace upon grace upon grace grace over your ears I declare every place your ears have been stopped up you couldn't hear I declare every place your will seems to be overpowering to you I declare you will possess the gates of your heart you will possess that will that God's given to you and you will submit it to God in the name of Jesus I declare the heart of flesh, fresh oil over your heart. You two over here, my right, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I just saw a great door. I just bless the door of the Lord to open over your life and around you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. Lord, I declare your presence to fill that home. I declare the water level of your glory, the water level of your presence to go up in that house to such a high level. Lord, send that family swimming in presence. We just partnered with it. Pastor Mike was sharing with me about that word, about Graham Cook. We've been talking about it today. Declare this, the water level in my home is rising. The water level of presence. The water level of expectancy. Ooh, I even bless when you're laying in your bed. There's going to come a giddy, life-giving anointing even in your bed. Some of you have dreaded sleep. 
sleep has evaded you. Sleep has been slipping through your hands. And I declare tonight that God says, I promise my beloved rest. And even as you lay in that bed, I declare joy over you and gladness of heart in the name of Jesus. Come on, bless the atmosphere of your house. Bless the atmosphere of your employment. Bless the atmosphere. Bless the atmosphere of your own heart. Speak to yourself. Declare over this heart, it will submit to the voice of God. What God speaks, I say yes. Prophesy over yourself. I say yes to you, Lord. Yes. Yes. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I bless you with joy. I bless you deep down with the joy of the Lord. Just put your hands on your belly. I bless you with the joy of the Lord. Put your hands in your tummy. Right here. Right here. Deep down. Belly. In your belly. The joy of the Lord to be your strength. I command sorrow and heaviness, discouragement, sadness to go from you right now. Sadness. I command you to loose them right now. No more grief. Some of you may need to make a declaration. You've been looking over your right shoulder, looking back over your left shoulder. God says tonight, tonight's your last night of looking back. A constant tapping on your shoulder trying to remind you, well, a lot of this that you're living in is your fault. God says that's the beauty of repentance. It's a divine U-turn to turn things around. And what's awesome is God doesn't harbor bitterness towards you. He forgets the iniquity and welcomes you back into presence. He doesn't remind you of when you failed. He said, I don't remember what you've done. I'm just inviting you into encounter. This, I guarantee you, is the Matthew 24 church of the church filled with oil. The oil of his presence. It makes everything work better. So in Jesus' name, I declare over you, you will no longer be stuck. You are becoming unstuck right now. Prophesy over yourself, I'm getting traction in the Spirit. I'm not going to spin my wheels a moment longer. You know, one thing you know about God's times and seasons, listen, look at this, they're cyclical. Do you know that God's timing, His seasons, they're not linear? That's a Western mentality. God's are cyclical. So the enemy will always try to come and pervert times and seasons and try to get you in cyclical patterns of brokenness. You'll experience breakthrough here, sorrow here, get a little bit of traction here, and failure here. Season after season after season. The cyclical nature of the Spirit is glory to glory to glory to glory. So break off the perverse timeline of the enemy off of you. Break off the cyclical patterns of failure, of discouragement. I heard a lady that say she, 10 months out of the year she has peace, but for two months she has horrible depression and anxiety. She goes, but I'm okay with it because I have 10 months where I'm doing okay. God says, don't put up with two months of anything. Don't put up with two weeks of anything. Get joy and presence in your home 365 days of the year. Hallelujah. So say this, I break off cyclical patterns of the enemy of victory into defeat and defeat into victory I break off the cyclical patterns of the enemy 
and I take, off the, I, I take on the cyclical patterns of the Spirit, the feast times, the festivals of God, the breakthroughs, the prophetic times of going from glory to glory to glory to glory. And say this, I will possess all that my inheritance says that I can possess. I will have all things that God says that I can have. Tonight, I will have a sound mind, a renewed mind, a restored heart, and fire in my belly. By the way, you can never get away from the fire of God because His throne is burning with fire. He is a consuming fire. When He's in your life, you will burn with fire. I bless you tonight. God bless you. You know, it's amazing to be in a house where you can feel the word of the Lord run swiftly over the people where there's no hindrance. That's a really good thing. That's because of this staff, this church in your heart, that you cherish the word of the Lord. And I commend you tonight for receiving God's word and putting it into deep soil. That means that the bird of the air cannot come pluck up what God planted tonight. It will flourish some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. That's the word of God planted in you. It will flourish 30, 60, or 100-fold. Say this. I am a prophetic. Say, I'm a prophetic, dangerous individual. I will prophesy the life of God over me. And I will stand in that place of intimacy. In Jesus' name. I could go all night, but I can't. I could. There's an anointing to go all night. God bless you, Pastor Mike. Do you have a